Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Riffin with Griffin. My name is Griffin and in today's episode I am joined by Will. We'll be talking about airports and airplanes. Uh, we dive into the philosophy of airports, we discuss Israeli security, we reminisce about falling in love with flight attendants, as well as go in-depth about the great hovering. You'll find out what that is at the very end of the episode. So before we jump in, um, I want to have a theme song. Obviously this is the first episode so I don't have one yet. Uh, and I just wanted to use a song that I liked. I'm not too familiar with copyright laws though, so to avoid any lawsuits, um, the theme song today is going to be about three seconds. So uh, just a heads up, but I hope you enjoy this episode with Will on airports and airplanes. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Riffin with Griffin. My name is Griffin. I'm your host and Riffin alongside me today is Will. Say hello, Will. Hello. Will, uh, this is a very special episode because we're talking about airports and airplanes. And I feel like, I don't want you to take this personally, but I feel like you give you give airport energy, if that makes sense. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like airports and airplanes are kind of talked to death in comedy, but I feel like you, I feel like you would give an interesting and fresh perspective because I feel like the the common thing to talk about with airplanes and airports is like, airplane food and like just there's you know it's a lot of low-hanging fruit but I feel like a man of science such as yourself would be able to give a a really unique perspective so um yeah I I'm excited to see where it goes because I feel like you have a lot of interesting insights and I feel like you've spent a lot of time in airports before mm, it's true yeah because I yeah. live like far away from California where I used to go to school so I would like fly back and forth all the time so yeah. I've had a I've had a fair share of airports Right on. Uh, my experience yeah and i what's what's your take on airports what's what's the deal with airports oh man well okay because the thing is is like i feel like you could answer this question like in two different ways like you could answer it in like you know like the, the practical like the practical take on airports like actually being in them and like doing airports and airplanes and stuff or you could look at like you know like the idea of an airport or an airplane you know mm. like like con the conceptual metaphysics of airports let's get into the philosophy of an airport because i feel like everybody's familiar with an airport it is a place in which you go in order to mm. get onto an airplane but what's the what's the deeper meaning of it all like what is the as you were saying like the philosophical take on airports because i feel like there's a lot of deep stuff that you can see in airports and i i am i have a fair share of philosophy related to it but i'm, I'm interested to hear i mean essentially what the deal with airports is philosophically mm. airports are they're an interesting concept because you go somewhere to go somewhere else wow. you know like <laughs> like that's that's what it fundamentally is but like it's it's just the the craziest thing where you know you 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 drive to this place right and you're there and i feel like oftentimes you don't even remember like being at an airport like you you don't even remember like getting like from the time that you get there to the time that you leave the second airport or mm. not necessarily the second one but just like the last airport that you that you're at when you get to your final destination i feel like that time and space is just completely lost yeah like it's just it becomes like this non-existent void like 
you know, sans a couple like an interesting event that you like might remember. I don't know, like like something crazy happens, like with get like a weird person on the airplane or something like that. But like in regular practice, mm-hmm. airports are like this. It, it's like a complete void in space and time. It feels like. I feel like the closest thing that we have to heaven or even purgatory is an airport. Because as you were saying, it's like I wow. think deep, right? Well, because mm-hmm. I I think you were saying it's like it's like people don't go to an airport just to hang out. I mean, you 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 right. could if you're crazy. Um, I know that people go to <clears throat> airport bars sometimes. I, maybe is that real? Is that a thing that people do? There's no I would way. Ass- I would assume so. Well, I feel like a lot of like TSA agents and, and like pilots do. I, yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like that they would, but I feel like, cause I mean, it, honestly, it does feel like purgatory as you were saying, I feel like it does feel weird because it's not, you're not really doing anything productive, but waiting. So it's a little bit like purgatory. And I feel like the, the, you're, you're so exposed to the general population that you get so many, you get the weirdest people at airports. And I feel like right. it is, as you were saying, there's something weird about it because there's no other place where it's like um, you're waiting, but you're also like encouraged to go eat and buy things. And there's, yeah, there's something about it, Will. And I think you're touching on something really interesting and how it's like a, it's a void. It's a very, it's a, it's, it's, it's outside of time and space, a little bit like the twilight zone. And I think, I think, yeah, I think you're getting into something really deep and really human and raw right now, which is really beautiful. Yeah. There's like, I liked what you said. There's like, like you, there's nothing to do like besides like wait. Yeah. And like, but besides like it's, it's, that's so interesting that like waiting is the primary, that's the primary activity Mm. that you do. And to avoid waiting, you have to like spend money. Like you have to like buy food or like you have to get your own source of like entertainment. Like that's such a weird that's such a weird idea. You bring up such a good point. And I feel like we're diving into philosophy now. Now we're talking about like, what does it mean to be a human? Because you're saying that at an airport, your main task is to wait. And I like, as humans, are we meant to wait or are we meant to do things? And maybe that's why airports feel so weird because we're devoid of our humanity. Maybe our, you know, maybe our humanity and the purpose of being a human is to do something productive. But at the airport, you show up in sweats, you eat Cheetos, you pay for, you know, you have McDonald's at not like chicken McNuggets at 9am in the morning. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like airports are devoid of humanity. I really do think so because I think immediately you go through metal scanners, you're padded down, you're told to remove your shoes, you know, and then, and then you go and wait and you don't do anything except for maybe read a book or like pass the time. And I feel like I feel like airports really do suck the humanity out of you. Maybe that's why you get so tired after travel days. Am I, am I, am I getting too deep here? Am I overthinking this? No, there's, there's no way. Cause you're at, that's actually like, that, that's actually so true. Cause like, you know, if you, if you look at like, you know, like natural law versus like human nature, you know, like what, like if you think about like the difference between like a person and like an animal, like yeah what like what's like the you know like on its bare essentials like a human is um like the rational animal you know yeah. like aristotle plato like all, all these like 
you know, the, the founding fathers of philosophy, like Aristotle and Plato, they like, they, you know, they've like established that like a human at its like fundamentals is like the rational animal. Like the thing that separates us from like animals is like our ability to like reason and to, to think about like the external world and, you know, to use our rationality to get somewhere. Um, but like in an airport, like you don't like, I feel like there's no reason like in it. Like it just like in its bare minimum, like there's nothing, you don't have to do any sort of like reasoning or you don't, you don't have to use like your rationality in like any way. Cause you're just waiting. Like you're not doing anything like mm-hmm. doing nothing requires no thinking. Right. Mm-hmm. So it like it, I think you're right. Like if, if the thing that separates us from like animals is like reason and if the primary activity of an airport involves no reason like by necessity that's that's stripping away like your human nature yeah it's that's actually wild like yeah that's crazy to think about and like since like there's such like a general public like you know like a, a just a large sample of like the population at like any given airport like that chunk of population is like essentially stripped down to like what it would look like for like a human animal like if animal if humans were like more animal than like we are it would be like the way that you would look at what that is would be like in an airport i've seen the strangest looking dudes at airports and i mean i feel like we're just all kind of you just it's just weird. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about airport security. I think that's a shared experience that everybody has. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, Will, have you ever had any run-ins with TSA? Well, a minor one. I've had one minor run-in with TSA, but not nothing like major. Like I okay. haven't ever had to like get taken like aside and like mm. patted down like fully or anything like that. Like I haven't had like my junk touched or anything like that. You know, like yeah. some people have. But I had like this one time. It was very minor. Um, I think it was actually when I was on my way back from from visiting Biola, I think, for the first time. Mm-hmm. First time I ever visited Biola on the way back home. Um, I had a little a little credit card knife. It's like a plastic, it's like a little plastic knife that like uh-huh. unfolds into like a credit card shape. And I had it in my wallet and TSA picked it up and they're like, you have a knife in your wallet. Mm. what do you want to do with this and i was like oh shoot i guess you could just throw it away so that was like the only the only real large thing but also every time i go to the metal detector they they pat down like my my right shoulder like every single time interesting my my right shoulder like it activates the metal sensor every single time do you think you're like microchipped like your parents like put a chip in you when you're a baby Honestly, it's possible. Like, I, I don't know what explanation it could be. Like, I've never had, you know, surgery there or anything like that. But there's there's something in my left or my right shoulder that, like, triggers it. It might be microplastics. Have you, have you seen this, that they're, like, in people's bloodstreams now? Maybe you've got some microplastics in your right arm. Yeah, apparently, like, microplastics, microplastics are, like, in everything. Like, yeah. I've heard they're, like, literally in everything. Maybe they culminate in the, my right shoulder it could be like that. it could be or you're microchipped and your parents have been tracking you for the past 22 years it's got to be it's got to be one or the other i don't or, i don't yeah. see any other explanation for it no yeah exactly 
have you heard my my israel airport story um i think so okay what what is it, it okay didn't it, you you got pulled aside for it by tsa yes, like, yes, what yes, was yes. It? okay um so in 2018 i was on a field trip or like a school trip to israel and like israeli security is really gnarly like i know that a lot of i think it's either after high school or college a lot of like there's like they're required to go into the military so they're very like oh, wow. they're very um focused on security and just like protecting their country especially in airports so is it um, more than american tsa like is the security well, more than that i mean just in general in israel like any any historical site you go to there's like 18 year olds with like ak-47s like it's Whoa. it's it's pretty cool i got a couple pictures um with with them um we're coming back from the trip and it's the last day and we're in the airport and we're going through and we have to stop at security first and me and this uh this guy named jack uh we get pulled aside and there is this Israeli woman. Uh, she's like about 40 years old, very intense. She comes up to Jack and me and she says, hey, we're training some of our new agents. We need you guys to switch passports. And I'm like, is this a prank? Like, is this like a test? <laughs> Are you trying to frame me? Um, did you look like, do you look like Jack at all? I, okay. So we're both white and we both kind of have blonde hair. So okay. we were like the most similar looking. Um, sure. So they tell us to swap passports and they're saying like, we're going to try to test our agents and see like, if you can get through with the other person's passport. And the thing is, I feel like I would be fine with this if it was in the States, just because it's like, if I'm at, if I'm at John Wayne airport, mm. they're probably going to be like, what are you doing? But if I'm mm-hmm. in Israel, you know, it, they're very intense and strict there. So right, I yeah. am, wa- I'm walking through, um, you know, security with a fake passport and my mom was on me uh was with me on this trip so okay. my, my my poor mother's like seeing me get it pulled aside in israel at an airport but um so i go through and um you know i was i was in theater at the time so of course i had to kind of i had to put on a show and i had mm-hmm. to make this work right um so i looked at his passport and in the picture jack was a little bit um he was a little bit you know a little bit chubbier than he was um mm-hmm. you know than he was at the at that point so um, I like studied all of his um, information, his middle name, um, his birthday, right? And then I kind of like as I was going through uh, TSA, I kind of, I kind of like made a bit of a double chin just to kind of mm. match the picture. And I give it to the agent, and he looks down at it, looks back up, looks down, looks back up, and he's like Jack Whistler. I say, oh, it's Whistler, and I correct him on the last name, uh, which I think was. Uh, was the you know was the I, that's when I convinced him so mm-hmm. I like I like I like kind of try to look like him maybe I even had an accent or something I don't know I I totally was having too much fun with it and <laughs> right. I knew all of his information in the two minutes I had before then and he let me through with a passport that wasn't mine and wow like, no way and the thing is I don't look anything like Jack I really don't Jack has lighter hair lighter skin we just don't look the same and I get through with a, with a passport that's not mine. And I look over uh, to Jack and he's like, there is a swarm of Israeli security guards coming to him. I was like, Ooh. oh, oh no. <laughs> and eventually the, the security lady came in and like stepped in and was like, hey, like it's training, like, don't worry. And then the guy who let me through, I mean, he, I, his, he just turned as pale as a ghost. And he, oh, no. like, the security lady came up to him and like, she took him into a back room I don't know what happened to him. So oh, I, no. so, I mean, I got through with a fake passport based on my 
experience with high school improv. So that's a great <laughs> skill to take away. Um, and I don't know what happened to that guy. I feel really bad because that probably was like his first day on the job. And he just, he wasn't, he wasn't cut out for it, I guess. So I, I've, okay. I've, I have a deep seated fear that somewhere there is an Israeli security guard, an ex Israeli security guard. That's just mm. like training every day to, to kill Jack Wislar. <laughs> But he, don't, he doesn't know my real name, so I think he's going to try to come back for me. So um, if you don't hear from me after that, that's I'm, I'm dead. Uh, and Shoot. He's, he came back for revenge, but that's a really gnarly story. Um, and he got through. That's the one thing, you know, we went to like where, you know, Jesus's tomb was supposedly, you know, mm-hmm. where it was. We went to where David fought Goliath. None of that's not the story I tell on that trip. I tell that, no. I tell that security story because it's probably the coolest <laughs> thing that's ever happened to me, so dang yeah. that's 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 actually kind of wild did do you know if uh you talk to the jack still do you think he remembers that oh jack definitely remembers that i haven't talked to him in a while but i feel i he i mean who who wouldn't i mean it was yeah, yeah he definitely does i feel like um i mean being apprehended by israeli security guards <laughs> in israel is probably a story that you don't forget anytime soon yeah, yeah. Really poor memory of his too also i feel like that's minorly concerning that like any old how old were you 18 like i was 18. 18 year old i was 17 i was 17 dang like any old teenager can like i mean based on that statistic if you extrapolate that like that there's a 50 percent chance you can just get through airport security that's true a fake passport i'm wondering if it, if i was in america if that would still work because i feel mm-hmm. like I don't know, because I feel like we, ha- I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the circumstances mm-hmm. were. Why was my agent so, why did you let me through? Mm-hmm. What, like, was it me or was it him or was it, what was it, you know? So, right. I, you know, so if you're looking to switch passports with a friend um, in the future, try it. Try it. Say it was part of a training <laughs> routine. Have you ever had a crush on a flight attendant? Oh, yeah, definitely. I've had some fine flight attendants. I can tell you that much. I had when I was 17. Same or different flight? No, I feel like I have a lot of airplane stories (laughs) from when I was 17. This is, this was, this Mm. was with Delta. I think I was flying maybe to Atlanta. I'm not sure. Um, But I, there was, there was this one flight attendant and I, I, I fell in love. I really did. Um, And I'll be honest. I don't think I've ever had so many ginger ales on one flight before. I think every, every time she came over it, uh, I would just kind of hide the ginger ale. I say, oh, mm. one more, please. So I think I had like 10 ginger ales on that flight. Um, and then I like, I, I remember I went home afterwards and I looked on the Delta website to see if Dang. there was like a way I could like find you a were flight down attendant, bad, bro. Which as, is re- as a 17 year old. I, <laughs> I was, when you're 17, you, oh, you, you yeah. fall in love yeah, every 10 she, minutes. The hormones are so going crazy I, like, at age 17. She had great service, mm. um, very hospitable. Um, so I like, I try to look her up, but I don't think that exists probably for a probably. good reason for, so guys like me, you don't look up their flight attendants mm-hmm. after the flight, maybe even like, you know, yeah, that's confidential, but I knew, I knew that at Disneyland, if you liked to, if you appreciated a cast member or you wanted to give them a compliment, there was a way mm-hmm. to do that. And I thought that was the same way with <laughs> airlines with flight attendants. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I was on a flight recently, um, back from Chicago, oh, Will. I noticed something really sad. I feel like it's really sad to be a flight attendant, especially during their safety spiels, because they have to do mm-hmm. it a million times. And I don't think anybody mm-hmm. pays attention. Like legitimately, like I like 
they I mean they look so goofy with like their little vests <laughs> and them putting in their seat belts recently I've been like pretending like I'm in class like I kind of like right, sit up right. in my seat and I make eye contact because nobody else is looking at them when they're like buckling their seatbelt or like mm-hmm. blowing up their little vest and I feel so I feel so bad for them um and I, I don't think I should but I I, I kind of just want to give them attention because I feel I just feel really bad for them I feel like it's yeah. I can't help it I, I, I want to pay attention because I feel like I just because I feel like it's so embarrassing yeah just what just them telling us mm-hmm. how to put on seatbelts and I'm like I just I'm here for you sister like I want to I want to I want to engage, you know, I want to make sure you you feel okay. So maybe next time I can, I can kind of pull them aside before the flight and say, Hey, is it, is it cool if I, if I kind of, if I like ask, can you, can you imagine like during the safety spiel, you like ask oh, questions my. or like, I, maybe you take notes next time. I really do try to like educate myself before the flight though, especially like with emergency doors, because I'm like, if nobody else is paying attention. Right. I, I, I was about to, I was about to know? ask, like, have you ever been in the, like the emergency aisle before? I think I have okay because I was I was just um I had gotten placed like kind of recently like one of the more recent flights I I did like for the first time ever in the emergency row and I feel like that was like the only time where I like actually paid genuine attention to what the flight attendant was saying to me because they uh, they were like are you are you like well and able to you know step up to the call of duty when the time arises and I was like Yes. And I, I remember like the guy, the guy who like was in front of me, he was like so invested in this, this duty, you know, we had to verbally say that we were like able, like ready and able to like help out, like, mm-hmm. if, you know, in a situation that demanded it, he, he looked at her dead in the eye and he was like, of course. Oh my God. Did he salute her and like wave a, wave a, wave an American flag or something? And I just remember like during the flight, I like looked over him. And he had nothing going on. He just had his hands in his lap. He was just sitting there, just looking around. Like, he was ready oh for some carries to to attack, you know? I felt like he was about to make it, like, a citizen's arrest or something. Like, he had that kind of energy. He had, like, mm-hmm. zip ties. Like, he was ready to go. That's that's thing is, we need more. I would feel so safe with a guy like that. That's yeah. just, like, that's just ready to save us all. That's a, that's a, that's a true this American This guy, like, had us all in his hands, honestly. Do you ever get the idea that, like, if, the, if, like, the pilot becomes unconscious, that you would be able to step in and, like, fly the plane? I wouldn't even know where to look to start off with. Like, it's not like a car, you know? A car, you got your, you got your wheel, you got your pedals. Like, how do you control something? You're, you're, you're driving a 2D yeah. space in a car. and a plane, you got 3D. Like, how do you how do you go up versus, like, left? I don't, I don't even know. Yeah. I don't know well, where you are. The thing is, so I, I was in a cockpit one time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Were you in first um, class or something? Were you in regular economy? Like, they just pick I a... I might have been... Might have been I might have been in first class. I, maybe, that's, maybe that's a special perk. Huh. They, like, prepare you to... But I'll tell you something. I don't think any of those... I think none of those buttons mean anything. Mm. I think they just, they have to justify how big the cockpit is and then put a bunch of random stuff in. Like, you're really telling me if I click this one button, that's going to affect anything? Right. I mean, airplanes are pretty simple. Up, down, forward. You can't even go back with an airplane. That's a good point. Unless, unless you're on wheels. Um, I don't think any of the buttons do anything. Mm. I think that, there, that there's a, there's a, there's an ignition to start the airplane and there's, there's a wheel and then there's a button to f- make it fly. Hmm. And I don't think I don't think any drag resistance. It's all made up. It's it, it, I just I don't I don't see 
I just don't understand how airplanes work. I think, I think that's, that's my problem. I mean, that's fair. Like who does like, honestly, like I, I actually have a buddy who's in pilot school right now. Like I could, I could probably ask him like to do, do any of those buttons besides like go. Do and you anything. know what? He's going to tell you the truth, but he would have to kill you afterwards. Oh my so, so you, you, why don't you ask him? I'll reach out and then we'll have an answer for, for our listeners. Oh my goodness. I'll text him right yeah. now. Honestly, we'll see. Excellent. Oh, Will, do you hear that? Yes. Do you know what that sound means? You hear that? What does it mean? It's time to play everybody's favorite new game show, Star Wars Planet or Latin Plant Name. Okay. Are you ready? I am ready. If I say hibiscus, you would say? It's a plant. Uh-huh, so that's Latin Plant Name. Mm -hmm. And if I said Tatooine, you would say? That's a Star Wars planet. Excellent. So you've got the hang of this. So I'm going to ask you 10, uh, or I'm going to say 10 names. Okay. And then essentially you just have to tell me. So the first one, oh, and then if you're listening at home, feel free to play along. Let me know what your score is. Mm. If you can beat Will. Um, let's begin. Secondus Ando. That, that's a, wait, that's a plant name. Is that your final answer? That is my final answer. No! What? It's a Star Wars planet. It's in the mid-rim territories, Will. I'm so sorry. Okay. I'm so sorry. Um, your next name is Luprorar. That, that's a Star Wars. No, wait. Luprorar. Luprorar? Is that two words or one word? That's one word. That's a Star Wars planet. It is a Star Wars planet. It first appeared in the Captain Phasma comics. It's a coral moon, and it actually appeared in the Clone Wars television series. Mm, okay. That was good. Okay, so you're you're one for two, which okay. is totally fine. Um, the next one is a runcus. That's that's definitely that's a plant name, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So a runcus is a genus of clump-forming herbaceous perennial plants. Hmm. So that's that's take that home with you, I guess. Okay. I um, well. The next the next one, cornus. That, um, that's a plant name, also. You're totally correct. It sounds like a Star Wars planet, but it is a plant. It can be distinguished by their blossoms, berries, and distinctive bark. So that's pretty cool. Excellent. So I think you're three for four. Three for four. That's pretty good. Seventy-five. Three for four. That's pretty. That's pretty good. All right. Your next one. Iridonia. <laughs> Iridonia. I don't know, cause it. Wait, can you spell it out for me? I-R-I-D-O-N-I-A. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say that's a plant name also. No! Mmm, it's a planet. Oh, come on. It was, it was mentioned once in the Clone Wars. What? And has appeared in other Star Wars material. So Zabrax are their native species. Okay. So All right. Darth, like the Darth Maul guys. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some of this, some of them come from that planet. Oh, that's a tough one. All right. Your next one is Delphon. Is that one word? Delphon is one word. You know, I feel like with a, with a bachelor's in biology, I should be getting these Delphon. That sounds like Delphon. a like they all sound, is, is it a plant? Is it a plant? I think it's a plant. No! It's a Star Wars planet. No, it's in the outer, on. it's in the outer rim territories, Will. 
I'm so I'm so sorry. Um, your next okay. Your next one. I'm gonna do. We have a couple more. Uh, your next one is Forsythia. I think. Can you say it again? Forsythia. Forsythia. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. This this is a plant name. This is a plant. Yahoo! Yep. Good, good, good. You're bouncing back. So it was named after William Forsyth. He's an 18th century horticulturalist or horticulturist. Mm -hmm. And he dedicated his whole life to plants. What a nerd. I think so too. Yeah. Uh, your next one is Guaginia. Guaginia? Guaginia. I'm going to say it's a Star Wars planet. Yep, you're totally right. Wagenia first appeared in the Traveler's Guide to Batu, uh, or also known as Star Wars Galaxy Edge. Yes. I think that was a comic book. It's in Inner Rim Territories. Hmm. Panesia. Panesia? Panesia. That's gotta be a plant name. I'm locking it in. Okay, locked in? Yes. It's a Star Wars planet. Oh my! God. It's in the it's in the outer rim territory. Dude, I don't know any of these Star outer rim planets, bro. Nobody knows about them. I had a couple inner rim. These are canon, by the way. What? These are canon. It first appeared in Star Wars Bounty Hunter sixteen. I know you didn't read that issue, uh, so I'm so sorry. Must have skipped that. One. All right, all right. Your last, your last one. You ready? Mm -hmm. Rugosa. Like R. Can you spell it? I think I feel like no. R-U-G-O-S-A. I think that's a plant. You're correct. Yeah, but what? you're also wrong. No! It's actually both a Star Wars planet close to Toydaria as well as an Asian plant. So you do get the points. I was trying to stump you. So that Man. was just, that was a free that was a freebie, but Will, congratulations. You're the first ever person in the whole entire world to play Star Wars Planet or Latin Plant name. Looks like you got one, two, three, four, five, six correct. All right. So that's okay. 60 out of 60%, that's okay. I feel like I could have done better. Hey, it, I feel like it was it was those outer rim ones that were that were messing me up most. No, it's pretty tough. I know, mm -hmm. I, you know, you, yeah. I mean, you did a really great job. Hey, thanks. I think you flexed your your biology skills as well as your Star Wars knowledge, mm -hmm. which was uh, really great. I wanted to look at some of the questions that some of our listeners, future listeners, okay. sent in. They sent in a lot of good air questions. Okay, um, So I, I hesitate to talk about this because I feel like it's so, it's so cliche mm -hmm. and so overdone. They wanted to know about airplane food. <laughs> you know what? It, it's like okay, we can talk about it, but it's like it's too, it's it's too, it's just not even. I don't know. I mean, we can talk about it though. Here's the thing. Here's here's what I have to say about airplane food. I'm including What's the deal. I'm, what, the, here's the deal. Here's the deal about air, airplane food. I, I, I'm gonna say okay. Okay. Ginger ale is the only drink. Yes. As far as I'm concerned, they have yeah they have ginger ale. 10 times on the menu you know uh, when they're reading off the options in my head they're just saying ginger ale over and over again the people who mm. order anything else we got to watch out for them we got to we got to keep keep some tabs on on people who order anything other than ginger ale even like even food like they can't like even like mixed nuts well 
I mean, the food's a separate, but I'm talking about drinks primarily. Like, like the, oh, okay. the only drink is, is ginger ale, as far as I'm concerned. What about, what about orange juice? Orange juice? Who orders an orange, orange juice? juice on an airplane? I've had, I've had orange juice on an airplane, like when it's breakfast time. Uh, I don't know about that, Griffin. I don't know. It's fine. I feel like orange juice is the ginger ale of the morning. I can see how that's true. Yeah, I, I, I can get with that. I just, yeah. I feel like even, even if I've flown in the morning, I always get ginger ale. Like, I don't care if it's 9 a.m. I don't care if it's 6 in the morning. I'm getting ginger ale. Besides that, uh, I've only flown internationally one time, and the flight total time was, like, an hour. So I've never had to, like, like have what? Well, I've only flown to – Well, how do you – What country? Like, Canada? Well, because I went to the Dominican Republic. Okay. And so I flew down to, um, I think it was the, I think we went to Orlando first. And Mm -hmm. then from Orlando, it was either Orlando or Texas. But we flew down from Chicago to like the south of the U.S. And then from the U.S., we flew to the Dominican Republic. So from the DR, or from like America to the DR is only like an hour flight. So for some reason, I forgot that there were other countries below America yes. and I was only thinking of Europe and I was like how did you take a how did you take a flight from Chicago to Paris in an hour I was just that makes sense I'm just I'm just time jumps bro but so I, I've never really had like like meals on an airplane so I feel like I can't really speak to like airplane meals all that well I, I got another really good question as well this all is right. the last question from Instagram uh sorry to everybody uh you guys had some great questions but this is the one that stuck out the most. Um, are there any situations in which it is acceptable to clap when the plane lands? You seen that movie Sully? I know. <laughs> I, 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 I know what it is. Okay. I know the, the, what happened. Maybe. So when, when somebody is on an airplane watching the movie Sully, that's when you clap is what I'm hearing. <laughs> said, Bravo. Mm. Great movie choice. Tom Hanks has done it again. That's, that's, when when the when the movie's over everybody claps <laughs> they're like that was great yes okay but you're saying if somebody puts puts a plane lands it in the hudson river that's when you're able to clap maybe not even then because at that point everyone's freaking out because it because it then it's just then it would be kind of awkward right yeah. it's like what do you even what do you even say as a pilot like when uh, you when you crash land a plane it's like for flying American, uh, for mileage, <laughs> like what do you? I don't know. I oh, just like for the so turbulence, uh, it'll be over shortly. <laughs> Pilots also, I. That's such a like. Whether in I don't the know, Hudson can, River is uh, seventy-two and sunny. <laughs> make sure to talk to Lisa or flight there for some Delta flight Do you think they would? Do you think they would advertise like their mileage program? Right, right. After yeah, yeah, yeah. Land it. <laughs> You're like, sorry, folks, we've got up for the medics on the way. You set up for the Spirit Airlines credit card. You get a twenty thousand points. Yeah, <laughs> what's the? Is that? Is that? Do you think they? Like, are they? I don't know. I feel like they have. I to. feel like that. They got some quotas to meet. You know. Do you think they come out and greet? You know how everybody kind of greets you as you leave mm-hmm. the plane. Do you think like they it crash land in the in the in the water? Everybody's safe. Mm-hmm. You kind of walk out. You're like swimming. You're like. Hey, thanks. Flying <laughs> JetBlue or something. Do you think when they put the slides out, like they got like a flight attendant, like doing like you know how like lifeguards are at like oh you know they're <laughs> like wait wait okay no. wait wait okay 
Okay. That's the thing. I need to, I need to get more flight attendant friends and like right. pilot friends. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, what, what? Yeah. I'm wondering, I'm wondering, cause you can't just send them all down at once. So I'm, I'm sure that there's, there's a line and she's like, wait, mm-hmm. go. And you know what, you know what else? So this is something I really hate on airplanes. Um, I call it, I call it the hover, the great hovering. Um, when plane lands, you're at like your gate and then the door is still waiting to be open, but you can like move and stuff. Right. And I hate this. You, the great hovering is when you kind of like, you get out of your seat, but like, you can't get in the aisle. So you're kind of like, you like, you're kind of like hunched over right. and it's like, you just kind of stand there. Right. I hate that. Mm. And I feel like I've done that so many times and I feel so awkward. I just sit in my seat and I see people, I see like just people kind of hunched over and right. they look ridiculous. It's like, just sit in your seat. Like, are you, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I just, no, I know exactly what you mean. Like, you know, I, I've flown like a decent amount of times, like over this past four years, just coming back and forth from California to Illinois. And, you know, I've just yeah. learned that like, you just got to stay in your seat, like until, until you're like two rows from, from like getting up and walking out. Like, you know, I, I guess if you're aisle seats, it feels nice to stand up, but like mm-hmm. you, you stand up, you know, especially if you're like in the way back, like you stand yeah. up, you stretch your legs, you sit back down. Like, I feel like, you know, just remaining standing, it's like, especially if you're window or middle, like I, like if you're window or, or middle, I never stand up. Like, cause, cause yeah, you're doing this, you're doing the hover. Your, your, your head is right here against like the air conditioning and it's just the worst. Just, it's just the worst. You, you, oh. you feel awkward and you look at other people and they're doing it and they're like, they're just standing still. Like they're just, it's just, it's, as we were talking about with airports earlier, it's just, it's just inhumane. Yeah. Just the stance that they have. And it's like, just sit down and wait. I don't know. It's animalistic. I, it's animalistic. It's weird. It's like, you're, 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 you're satisfying the flesh. Mm. Maybe not that extreme. Okay. That's like, we're talking about like biblical. Wow. Never mind. Basic. I don't know. I feel like that always bothers me. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't like doing it because I feel awkward doing it. Yeah. I like, I, it's so weird, but anyways, one of the more recent like times I exited an airplane um, to like outside, like my, my airplane exited outside. Like we didn't have that hallway that goes like straight mm-hmm. from the airplane to into the airport. Mm-hmm. We actually had to like yeah. walk like on the outside. I feel like more, if not all airports should do that. Cause I think that's like, that's a good feeling. Like you get to your destination and you, you exit the plane and you, you immediately feel like you're there. Like you're not in this twilight zone airport anymore yeah interesting i've i've only had that a couple times there were like small planes that i took to washington that were like that i and i got to go outside and like you got to like walk up on the on the what's it called runway up to it yeah and it does it feels like it's like oh my god like you feel you do feel like a human again right which is interesting i i feel there should be a push i know that there's a lot of like infrastructure bills being kind of that are floating around i think they should they should park the airplanes like just like 10 yards Mm -hmm farther away from the gate just to kind of just you know right I, I feel like that's the that's the civil thing to do mm-hmm. well I think that's going to do it for the podcast thanks for being the very first guest on Riffin with Griffin I had a great time yeah me too um yeah enjoyed your honesty and your worldview and yeah and you got six out of ten uh Star Wars planets or Latin plant names right so you can take that home with you so yeah hope to have you on again soon Will but thank you again for hopping on and uh, to everybody listening at home, thanks for listening and being a part of the Riffin with Griffin Nation. Uh, we're small but mighty. Thanks for thanks for tuning in to this conversation.
uh, with Will about airplanes and, and other miscellaneous things. So thank you guys.